Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. This is Brian Haydad here on Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk Mississippi. Rhino's down there in Studio X. Making sure I'm in a good mood. Keep me in a good mood, Rhino. I don't want anybody to get upset. Also, if I say anything remotely negative, just 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 kill the feed. Just just kill the feed, and I'll I'll just never come back. So, uh, we got a good show tonight. Talked earlier with a uh, LSU former LSU running back, now the host of about every college football thing you can imagine. Uh, he's the host of ESPN's one hundred four point five, the bench off the bench in Baton Rouge. He's the host of. Uh, off campus on Sirius XM. He's the host of Pre-Gaming the SEC podcast with Chris Doring. It's Jacob Hester, former LSU Tiger. We're talking about this game, this big game between Mississippi State and LSU coming this Saturday uh, to Davis Wade Stadium. Got a word in from a source earlier. You know, we've been talking a lot about attendance. Only about 500 tickets remain uh, for this game. So that looks like it's going to be a great crowd for college football on Saturday. That's really good news for Mississippi State. Who need a, a big atmosphere? They need every little ounce of uh, of juice they can get. I think uh, in this upcoming game, because if we look back at Saturday night, which we'll do right now, and uh, that game against Arizona, man, that did not go the way I thought it would. And if, if Jason and uh, and Flagstaff is out there, buddy, he was on the money about being worried about that Arizona team. But I will say this: I think his his concerns were a little misplaced in that he should have been more worried about Mississippi State. Because what we saw offensively for Mississippi State in that game, ish, that was that was not the the offense that I saw in the spring game and that I've seen in practice and that I've seen, uh, you know that that, that, that was discussed uh, prior to that. But that, that's what you got Saturday night, and it, it put Mississippi State in a hole uh, that their defense kind of had to dig them out of and by forcing five turnovers, and and you know. I always say I say it a lot on the podcast that you can't count on turnovers, right? That's not something you can you can just count for. Now, some defenses are better at creating turnovers than others. And Zach Arnett, I mean, Mississippi State led the the, the SEC in, def- in turnovers last year, so his scheme creates turnovers, and that's great. But you still can't rely on them. That you, you just don't ever know because some one game you'll have five, and the next game you might have none. But that balances out to two and a half. So, got to be got to you know you got to do more than that. So. That's what my one of my issues with this week is. I don't feel like I have a good grasp three get two games in of what this Mississippi State team is. Um, I, I don't feel like I have a real hold on what they want their identity to be offensively. I knew they were going to run the ball more. I did not know they were going to run it this much. I did not know they were going to take the ball out of Will Rogers' hands as much as they have. Now, seventeen pass attempts is not. 
even in the stratosphere of what I, I pictured for Will Rogers in this offense. I thought he would be consistently around 23, 24, 25 pass attempts. You know, and then, and of course, you know, with Barbe, based on his, his track record, I thought there might be some games where he's 30 or 40 because the passing game is there and it's, it's available to them. So Saturday night was a big surprise. And, and what's funny about it is, I don't know if funny is the right word, but, you know, they were so successful running the ball in the first quarter. I mean, they were moving Arizona off the line of scrimmage. They were getting blocks four and five yards downfield. They were getting big chunk plays in the running game. And you think, okay, this is going to set up some play action later that's going to be wide open. And it never came. It never came. And it was like they, they, they ran the ball just for the sake of running it and didn't, you know, you know, the if then statement, if you can run the ball, then play action should be available to you. They didn't, and it's not that it wasn't available, it's that they didn't even look for it. They didn't try. Um, and then you have the questions of, you know, the usage of Mike Wright and the usage of Creed Whittemore, who had been such big players for you the, the week before. Just a lot of questions coming out of that game. Now, the good news you won the game if you're Mississippi State. You know, and, and at the end of the day, when we go back, to, I mean, look back at last season, right? You can you can remember it if you want, but state was nine and four, and that's all that really matters at the end of it, right? So if state wins, and they can they could play the same way on Saturday, and if they win, nobody cares. But what I would tell you is that if they do play the same way on Saturday, they're not they're not going to win. So one of two things has to be the case for Mississippi State on Saturday. One is what we saw against Arizona is what we're going to see going forward. I would tell you that that's going to make things difficult for Mississippi State going forward. That in game in, in the in the SEC running that style of offense isn't going to do a whole lot for you. The other side is that what we saw on Saturday is not what you're going to see going forward from Kevin Barbe, and that the idea that he's played these first two games kind of vanilla, so that he can really you know show off against LSU and South Carolina. That that those that that thought process is true. Now, if that's the case, then you know I would say kudos to Barbe and staff for being able to pull it off. You probably were you know a little nervous there at times against Arizona that your strategy wasn't going to work, but you did it, and now you go and you deliver against LSU, and you know you you see a different style of offense, and Rogers is completing passes down the field, and they're still getting some good yardage running the ball, and they're just a, a complete and complex offense. Great. Great news for Mississippi State. But you guys, I mean, we, we, we've watched enough football together to know that, man, coaches coaches kind of are what they are, so I'm interested to uh, to see that. Jeremy in Columbia. Hey, Dad, I believe Arnett thought he could go vanilla against Arizona and still get the win. He did, but by the smallest of margins. I think we'll see the true offense Saturday. It's either that or, or you're going to see this again and it's going to go bad. So, you know, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you guys need to hope that Jeremy is correct. The other the issue I would have with that, Jeremy, is, you know, we had Arnett on this on uh, on Sports Talk Mississippi. We had him on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, and he made it very clear. He's like, I'm not involved in the offense. I'm not involved. So now is he getting involved? What may, what's why, why the change in philosophy? Why the change in thought process there? I don't know. That being said, this LSU team, you know, if you go back to my predictions, I had them winning the West. I had them losing the first game to Florida State and then going from there. And right now that prediction I don't I don't know that I agree, I would still make that prediction 
because they just look like a team in flux. They don't they don't look like they have any answers for what they really want to be offensively or defensively. We've we've talked a lot about Harold Perkins on this show. I'm sorry, on this show on Sports Talk Mississippi and on the podcast about how LSU is kind of misusing him. Offensively, they just don't have stars. It's the craziest thing to me when you think about LSU through the years and all the superstar wide receivers and running backs they've had. And you look at this 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 roster of theirs, and you're like, other than neighbors, who stands out for you? There there really isn't that guy. Now, that guy is on their roster. They have superstar recruits, but they haven't become superstar players. That's where LSU kind of is right now. And then defensively, this LSU team, this is not at least through two games, they are they don't look like the LSU defenses you've seen in the past, which are always intimidating defenses. They get after you, and they lock you up in the secondary. There's holes in this defense right now. And so Mississippi State, with the right plan of attack, can exploit that and get points and make this a heck of a ball game. I have, I have no real grip on either one of these two teams. And honestly, that's kind of you know that's that maybe that's maybe that's not just those two teams. It's the whole West. A and M putting giving up fifty points basically to Miami. Alabama is not what it used to be, and I, I mean they, they seem almost handicapped by their their quarterback position. Ole Miss not running the football like they used to, and then the way they got pushed around a little bit on Saturday against Tulane on the on the offensive and defensive lines. That's not what you expect. Arkansas has not looked particularly great, and Auburn is what I thought Auburn was going to be. They're just not ready. They don't have the players this season to do it. So the West is wide open. And that's good news for Mississippi State. That's when they have their best years, is when the West is kind of wide open. So this is a huge game for State. If they find a way to win it, they're off and running towards a huge season. Because if you can beat LSU at home, you can win almost any game left on the schedule. And that includes Alabama. Will they do that? I don't know. I wouldn't predict it as we sit here today. But it, but the possibilities are certainly there. So this is a big game coming up for Mississippi State. We're going to talk about it a lot on this show. Uh, and we're going to talk about it with Jacob Hester when we come back. Interview I did with him. Uh, we talk about Mississippi State, LSU, this matchup, some of State's players. His thoughts on Woody Marks I thought were particularly uh, interesting. So we'll get into that when we come back here on the show. And then a little more preview, a little more prediction for Mississippi State, LSU. We may have a little more baseball news, too. A little baseball news. It's right at the end. That's the cherry on top. A little baseball news for you guys here on a Wednesday evening. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. We're back here on Thunder and Lightning. 
It's Wednesday. Means we're a few days away from football at Davis Wade Stadium. Looking forward to that. As I mentioned earlier, only about 500 tickets left for that one. So a, a big game for Mississippi State. Let's preview it. Let's talk with somebody who knows maybe a little bit more than me. Jacob Hester from ESPN 104.5, uh, from uh, Sirius XM, and, of course, former LSU running back. I talked to him uh, a little earlier and got his thoughts on this big game coming up between Mississippi State and LSU. Happy to welcome one of the all-time greats in the SEC and now one of the all-time greats in the media because this guy does a little bit of everything. Jacob Hester, former LSU running back, host of Off the Bench down in Baton Rouge at ESPN 104.5, host of Off Campus on Sirius XM. You have a podcast, too. I didn't know this. <laughs> we do. We have pre-gaming the SEC with Chris Doring, of course, Florida legend, where we get to talk about all 14 teams and soon to be, you know, 16 teams and so yeah we do that every single week and uh last week was a lot of fun so it's uh it's something we've done for about three years now so why not one more job why not why not yeah i'll have to check that out do you put uh do you put him in the same kind of precarious bets that our friend peter burns does as well <laughs> he does that to himself i mean <laughs> he keeps agreeing to this lsu florida bet and he keeps doing it to himself i mean i think it's five years in a row if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. yeah uh we talked in the offseason about the running game and how Mississippi State was making a, a transition back to that after the three years of being in the air raid. But have you been surprised watching MSU these first two weeks of just how run-heavy they've been? A little bit. Um, I, I knew they had a talented running back with Woody Marks, but he has been talented catching the ball out of the backfield. I think he holds like every school record for receptions by a running back, but that's what that offense called for. So he was just actually playing within – the offense, I wasn't sure because I caught up with him at media days and I'm talking run game with him. He's like, yeah, there's still some things that I need to figure out because it's been a while since we've done some of those things, but he's been the bright spot for me. Like even last week where I thought the offensive line did struggle at times, certainly in pass protection, he kind of created on his own. And so it has been a surprise how much they've run the football, but it's really no surprise that Woody Marks has been out there and been successful. You know, we saw with Marks holding the receiving records for running backs. I think he's two catches away from just being the all-time leading receiver at Mississippi State yeah. as a running back, which is just an incredible stat. Tell us a little bit more about Marks because I, I think we all thought, okay, this is going to be he's going to be running back one, and and they're going to probably committee this up, but they haven't so far. He he's been a twenty carry a game guy. Did you expect that from him? How, how impressed have you been? I wasn't really sure because they hadn't really done that. Obviously, you lose a back to Washington in the transfer portal, and you're wondering, okay, like how much is that going to affect the running back room? Will it be by committee? But here's the thing. like You don't force a running back by committee, in my opinion. Like If it happens organically, that's fine. But if you have a bell cow, you want that. Like You want somebody to go take that job. And so I guess it's a little surprising just because they haven't really done that in the school's past, but it's all brand new. I knew he had the talent to go out there and be a bell cow back, but you didn't really know like what was going to happen behind him. And nobody's really forced his hand as far as playing time. And so I enjoyed, I think he's a great young man. I think he's a hell of a football player and he's gone out there and he has earned the right. Like we knew again, he could catch passes. We knew he could do stuff there, but we weren't really sure how he was going to integrate himself into this new offense because it was going to be a lot of new, there would be runs up that he has not run either in a long time, or maybe ever, right? I mean, it's just you're running gap scheme runs. They haven't done a ton of that. So I'm really happy for him. I'm excited for him. I think he's a great young man, and he's making the most 
as of that playing time. And I think right now, even with Will Rogers, and you know how high I am on Will Rogers, yeah. I think March has to be the MVP of the offense. Oh, there's no question about that. Well, let's switch over to LSU. I did a, an interview earlier today with an LSU beat writer, and we were talking, and he said, you know, if I'm Mississippi State, I, I want to pass the ball against this LSU defense. I, I want to attack them in the secondary. And I'm just listening to him thinking, I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is LSU. This is DBU. <laughs> this is, you know, a place where you didn't never want to throw the football because it's just going to get picked off. What's up with the LSU secondary? Why why has it been such a, a struggle from these first couple games? Well, we knew it was going to be a weak area for their defense, and it's really showed the first two weeks, certainly the first week against Florida State. Now, not in bad position, just couldn't make the play. I mean, I think they've had five times where the receiver has just gone up and mothed the DB. It's been good coverage, but he hasn't made the play. And to your point, we're used to seeing LSU go out there and make that play. And it's still a, a brand new defensive backfield. I mean, you're trying to hold it together with duct tape and super glue through the portal the last two years. And you, you do a deep dive again into the portal. I mean, I think you have three of the four starters are from the portal, two corners and a safety. And so you're trying to piece it together and it's just not there yet. But I would argue that you could have success running the football against LSU as well. Now, Florida State didn't early, but they did late. And then you go look at the Grambling game and there's gaping holes in the defense. It's linebackers taking things on with the wrong shoulder. It's when the linebacker does take it on and spill it to the safety in the right manner. The safety's coming in there, diving at ankles, and has his head dropped. Like, it's just bad technique in the run game. The last, really, I would say, three quarters of football for LSU, they got it cleaned up a little bit at the end of the Grambling game. But that's something they got to get fixed because in the SEC, like, if teams see that, and certainly Mississippi State has a running back that can take advantage of that, those 30, 40-yard runs you gave up against Grambling are going to be 80-yard runs. The running back's going to hit his head on the goalpost. I mean, it it needs to get cleaned up. Like, offensively, there's some good stuff for LSU. But defensive-wise, we're not used to seeing Matt, you know, Matt House's defense have guys out of position. And I don't think it's scheme. I think it's more player. Wow. I mean, these are, these are tough things to hear about LSU defense because you think LSU through the years, I mean – I, intimidating isn't the right word, right? Is is whatever is above intimidating. It's how I would classify what LSU likes to do defensively. Speaking of intimidating, I think the, maybe the best defensive player in the conference is Harold Perkins. But we all saw what happened in that first game, and and something that the coaches do that drives me crazy is like you, you got a stud, just let him do what he does. Why are we overthinking these things? This past week, a little bit more of that from Harold Perkins. What role is he going to play this week against Mississippi State? I don't know. It's changed week from week, but I mean, he's just got to be a guy that you just let loose and wreak havoc. Um, now, some of this has to fall on Harold Perkins because you have a job to do and you got to go out there and try to execute it. But he was floating in coverage against Florida State and floating is not what you want to do in coverage. You want to get to your spot, know your area and shut that area down. But it looked like he was really unsure of where he was supposed to be. Even in a fourth and two situation, it was man coverage. The back was on his side, but the back goes across the formation. And again, he kind of waits and delays and then tries to chase the back. It gets real muddy in there. The back catches it on fourth and two and then goes 40 yards all the way down to the goal line. Like that is on Harold Perkins. Like he has got, if they're going to put him in that position, he still has to succeed in whatever the defense is asking him to do. But with that being said, Look, let this guy just go and be free. I mean, we saw it last year against Bama, against Arkansas. That is where he's at his best, right? Micah Parsons with the Dallas Cowboys. If you ask me what position he plays, I don't know. 
He's all over the place. He lines up at edge. He lines up over the center sometimes. Sometimes he'll play a stack linebacker. But wherever he is, he's impactful. And that is what Harold Perkins has to be for LSU. You saw more last week, like you alluded to. I expect even more so this week. But if you do that, the other linebackers, Omar Spates, Greg Penn, uh, the Weeks brothers, Witt and Wes Weeks, they have to step up and kind of take that middle linebacker spot. You kind of sounded like a coach there to that answer. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a coaching hat on you, put a headset on you, but I'm going to put you on the Mississippi State sideline. If you're calling plays, if you're in Kevin Barbe's role, how are you attacking this LSU defense? Running the football until they tell me I can't. And then when they stop it, I'm play action all day long. That, that's now, is what that I Jacob Hester, the running back, telling me that? Or is that Jacob Hester, the coach? <laughs> no. Telling me that? That's, that's Jacob Hester who just watched the, uh, the tape on LSU for the second time. Uh, over the uh, over the uh, the weekend, I watched it on Sunday, and then uh, yesterday I watched it as well. And again, I, I just see gaping holes in the run game because guys aren't fitting it up like it's supposed to be. You know, Mason Smith hadn't played football in a long time. Will that get better this week than it was last week? Probably so. But there were some things he could work on. Kind of stood up in his stance, and so I think that's the way that you attack him. Because uh, going back to it, like your best player so far for Mississippi State has been your running back. Lean on him. Now, he created a lot on his own. I felt like last week I just finished watching Mississippi State and Arizona as well. The offensive line does have to play better. Pass protection-wise, I think they really struggled. So if I can't pass protect, my best player is a running back who's creating on his own. The other team right now is having trouble fitting runs. Why would I do anything else? I don't know what I'm going to do next year when Mississippi State's not playing LSU. I I love this week so much, and I I, I like I like talking to you guys. I may just call you up next year and just be like, let's just talk about something. We'll figure something out. Look, then. look, look I, I do off campus on SiriusXM where yeah. we talk coast to coast. Yeah. So Mississippi State falls into that coast. Yeah, I do pre gaming the SEC as we talked about. We talk about all 14 teams. You know, right. I played for LSU. I love LSU, but I can talk about other things anytime. I, I'm going to hold you to that next next season. We're going to have to. <laughs> We have to find our way through a season without Mississippi State LSU. Jacob Hester, he just mentioned all the stuff he does, but also ESPN 1045 <laughs> down there in Batteries. You take care of T-Bob and Rivers for me, and I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, uh, That is a chore, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was Jacob Hester, ESPN 104.5. We'll talk some more Mississippi State LSU when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. We are back here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever miss this show, you ever miss a Thunder and Lightning podcast? First off, what's wrong with you? Don't miss the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Don't miss this show. Set up some time for me. I want to be- help me, guys. Help me help you. But anyway, I'm going to help you now. I'll tell you, you can subscribe to the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed wherever you get podcasts from. We've got some content this week, and we're going to have content throughout SEC fo- season, football season. 
um, that we don't put on the actual podcast. Today, we had a great interview with Nick Fitzgerald. We talked about the 2017 uh, game against LSU where Mississippi State won 37-7 six years ago this Saturday. So we'll see if that, that can be uh, replicated by Will Rogers and company on Saturday. Plus, we've got interviews this week with uh, T-Bob Bear, with Koki Riley, who covers the Tigers for USA Today Sports, uh, trying to get a couple more, a couple of more interviews. We'll have Peter Burns from the SEC Network on with us as we do every week, every year on LSU Week, and we're going to do that all throughout football season. So there's going to be stuff that's not in the podcasts that's going to be just on the feed. So you don't miss it. Subscribe now, and if you if you'd be so kind, give us a five star review. Again, this is the deal I make with you guys. You can say whatever you want about me and Robbie. Call us awful people. Talk bad about our mothers if you must. But give us those five stars. And then you have carte blanche. I read Rhino's review. It was particularly uh, cutting, but he did give me five stars, so I, did, I didn't care. So I, I can't believe you said that about my grandmother, though, Rhino. Come on. Something that was a low blow. It was a low blow. So, speaking of Will Rogers, um, you know, every week on the podcast and, and on this show, I've, I do playmakers, right? I tell you the, the guy I'm trying to watch. I don't know since Dak Prescott left if there has been a game where it was more about what the quarterback did for Mississippi State than this weekend. The game is in the hands of Will Rogers before we even we even kick off. And and to to a certain extent, it's in the hands of uh, hands of Kevin Barbet because he's going to be one who decides how much Will Rogers gets to impact this game. I've kind of had it on the Will Rogers slander, I, as I said on on Monday's podcast. There are Mississippi State fans out there who want, who want to blame Rogers when their car won't start. I'm like, oh, car won't yep won't turn over that dang Will Rogers. You know, you burn you burn dinner. It's Will Rogers' fault. I, I, the, the amount of, of hate, and hate is the right word, this guy gets is incredible. Um, is he Dak Prescott? No, he's not. But this is a guy who's who's going. And, and, and again, I'm not really concerned with with your with the excuse you're fixing to throw of, well, look how many passes he's thrown, because nobody put in the bylaws of the Southeastern Conference that he had to complete them. He had to make those throws. And if you think you could, you and I could just go out there and complete a bunch of, of five and six yard passes, you are wrong. You are not correct in that assessment. This guy is less than two thousand yards away from being the all time leading passer in this history of the Southeastern Conference. Not Peyton Manning, not Eli Manning, not Danny Werfel, not Tim Tebow, not Cam Newton, Will Rogers. He is a good college quarterback. Is he limited in his athleticism? Is he going to ever be a guy who breaks off a 50-, 60-yard touchdown? Is he a guy that when there's pressure, he has problems getting away from it? Yes, he is those things. But he is also an incredibly accurate passer. He doesn't give the ball away, and his team believes in him. And I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Do I think Mississippi State could be better offensively if they had a dual-threat quarterback? Yeah, Probably. But Will Rogers is what you have, and Will Rogers has won games, and Will Rogers has had big, big passing games. Last week, the issues 
were were through play calling, not through play, if that makes sense. So it's on Barbe to come up with a game plan that puts the ball into the hands of Will Rogers, who will then do the rest, who will distribute the ball to the playmakers. That was what this this offense was was predicated on, correct? That was the big talking point this offseason was that this offense gets the ball into the hands of its playmakers. Well, it starts that by getting the ball into the hands of Will Rogers. And he takes it from there. And he got it to Tulu Griffin's hands five times on Saturday. That's great. Need to find five touches for Xavion Thomas. Need to find five touches for Creed Whittemore. You know, Woody Marks is going to get his touches because he's going to carry the football. Need to get some touches for Justin Robinson. Will Rogers can do those things, but you got to let him do them. You know, I feel like we, I feel like I'm running circles sometimes with this deep ball argument with Will Rogers. You know, under Leach, you know, when you're seeing drop eight, when you're seeing two deep safeties, throwing the deep ball is not advised. That's those get picked off. If you want proof of that, go back and watch Sean Preston's interview or, or interception this past weekend. Threw into two deep. Safety just ranges over and, and jumps up. There's the ball. Easy pickings. We go to the spring game, and Rodgers is flinging the ball down the field. I'm like, great. There it is. No problems. And then you go to the Arizona game, and you're just like, what What are they doing? It, 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 was, it, was, it was mind-boggling to me, to be honest with you. So for State to beat LSU... You got to you got to tell me what Will Rogers' stat line is, and if it's less than twenty three, four, five pass attempts, they probably didn't win. Because I don't believe they carried the ball thirty five plus times for the amount of yardage it would take to beat LSU. I don't think they're going to have thirty five carries for two hundred and seventy five yards or something like that. That seems unlikely to me. So Rogers has got to be the focus and of of the guy. The guy who can uh, can do things. Part of my transmission went out. Can I send the bill to Will Rogers? Just send it to the uh, the SEAL building. They'll get it taken care of. What's the latest on Xavier? Going to play, as far as I know. You know. Played last week. He was obviously a little bit limited, but we'll see. Oh, good old Bo. Bo and Indianola. What do you do, hey, Dad? Tell them state fans it's going to be okay, 6-6. Six and six. What did you think it was last year, Bo? How did that turn out for you? How did, how did that egg bowl turn out when you were uh, when you were so confident? I don't I don't remember. Refresh my memory. Text it in for me, Bo. If you would be so so kind. Dwayne and Brandon, I think Will could call his old play his own place. He grew up with his dad as an offensive coach. He probably could, but that's not what's going to happen. Barbe is the offensive coordinator. He's going to call the plays. So he's got to call the right plays. If you, if I if I if I could sit in on a meeting at Mississippi State, if I could see the game plan, if I could see what they're planning to do, I might I might be really totally willing to change my prediction. But I I just don't know what this Mississippi State team is. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to attack LSU. So until I do, which I assume will be about midway through the second quarter, you know I'm just. I'm going to go with the more talented team, and that's LSU. Now the talent gap isn't so bad that it's it's a it's a a done deal. But I just can't see a path for Mississippi State to play the way they played against Arizona 
and beat a team like LSU. The good news for State is I don't see how LSU can play the way they played against Florida State and beat Mississippi State. Something's got to give in this game. And if you remember last year, State was in complete control of this game for most of the game. But then you have the, the, the fumbled punt. You give them the momentum. You let the Tiger Stadium crowd wake up. And the game gets away from you. This time you've got the crowd. You know, one of the one of the things we always, you know, I like to do is when I when I when I try to predict games that I'm not 100 percent on. Right? I mean, if Alabama's playing South Florida this week, I don't need to to break that down very much. But I have a, a formula that I like to use, and it's who's got the better coach, who's got the better quarterback, and where's the game being played? Games being played in Starkville, Advantage State. Who has the better coach? Look, I like Arnett a lot. I think he's going to be a very successful coach, but it's Brian Kelly, right? It, 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 this has to be. He's got the better resume. He's played in the college football playoff. He's played for a national title. He's won championships. He won, he won the, uh, the SEC West Championship last year. Who has the better quarterback? Is it Daniels or Rodgers? Daniels, obviously a better athlete, can run the football. Rodgers, probably a little bit better in the pocket. Kind of a push there. You know, if I gave an advantage, it would be slight to, to Daniels. It's because Daniels can still make the throws, but he also has the added advantage of being a runner. I think this game is going to be tight for a long time, and then I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the fourth quarter. I want to see more. I want to see more from Mississippi State. We'll wrap it up when we come back. We're going to talk about just a touch of baseball. Just just a little skosh of baseball when we come back. And uh, some, some, some news there on the, uh, the SEC schedule, which came out today. We'll do that when we come back, and I'll give you an LSU prediction. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. Go around here, Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you haven't already, please book the bookmark the Super Talk website, supertalk.fm, for all your news, opinion, sports, weather, everything happening in the state of Mississippi. It's an easy place to find all of our podcasts: uh, Thunder and Lightning, the Rebel Report, the Eagle Hour, the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast, uh, plus a lot of other great stuff. So, supertalk.fm, if you haven't already. Real quick on baseball here. Uh, the SEC announced the conference schedules for everybody uh, this year, uh, or today, I should say, and Mississippi State's is as follows. They will open conference play with the defending national champions, the LSU Tigers, a team that hasn't lost a series in Starkville since, I believe, 2003. Great! Uh, then the state goes to A&M and to Florida in back-to-back weekends. 
Uh, Georgia at home, then at Ole Miss the weekend of the 12th through the 14th of April. Auburn, April 19th through the 21st. Without get, knowing anything, that's my guess for Super Bulldog weekend, as it will be the Auburn series. They're at Vanderbilt the weekend after that, then Alabama at home, at Arkansas, and then Missouri at home to finish out the season. So what I see here is a really poor home schedule and a really tough road schedule. Great! I feel like I've said that already. Um, that's a LSU, A&M, Florida to start the season is tough. That is tough. Um, and then at Vanderbilt and at Arkansas, goodness gracious, you're playing all of their road series are against really good teams. I mean, I know we can make a joke about what Ole Miss finished last year, but they did win the national title two years ago, and I, I feel like they're they're a good program. So, ish, gonna not gonna be an easy road for Chris Lamonis uh, and company uh, this upcoming uh, upcoming fall. Or upcoming spring, I should say. Prediction time. We talk about four outcome games a lot, right? Team A wins big. Team A wins close. Team B wins big. Team B B wins close. I think in this one we got three out of four. State blowing LSU out would surprise the heck out of me. I I just don't see that one happening. Um, The only way that it would... I mean, we would have to be way off on what we think about Mississippi State's offense. They would have to come out and be completely different and be completely effective at what they do. You know, And I'll be honest with you. We, like I said, we talked to Nick Fitzgerald on the podcast. And that 2017 game, that game came out of nowhere. Nobody predicted Mississippi State to hammer LSU that way. So is it, is it possible? Yeah, but is it probable? No. You know, a state close win, an LSU close win, or a LSU big win are, are the most likely. And I will say this again, and I, I really do believe this, that if Mississippi State plays the way they played against Arizona, then it's going to be a, a long day. It's going to be a, a long day, a big blowout win for LSU. They, they cannot play football the way they played against Arizona and beat LSU and, and stay in the game against LSU. So I think State's going to make some changes, but I, I'm just not confident in in how many how how big those changes are going to be. I, I just I'm just nervous about what I saw. What I saw Saturday threw me off, man. I I, I you know I I thought I had an idea of what Barbe wanted to do. I thought I had an idea of what I I was expecting from this team, and I didn't get that. And I got the opposite of it. To be totally honest with you. So I'm just I'm just not confident right this second. Now they could change things up, and here's the thing: they could change things up, play play the offense the way it's supposed to be played, and still lose. LSU's a talented football team. They have great players. They have NFL talent all over the field. So it just makes it tough for me to predict, predict State to win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna plus, you know I won't lie. There's some personal in this. You guys know my situation. If you've, you're a longtime podcast listener, you know that I have a lot of LSU people in the family. And I mean, it just states won. Now that states won, they've been better. If they win this game, that'll be four of the last ten they've beaten LSU, which is as good a stretch as they've ever had since John Bond left. But I just have trouble predicting state to beat LSU. So may, there's there's a lot of my head in this, but there's a touch of my heart as well. I just I I don't want to get hurt again. I don't I don't deserve it. So, 
LSU. Something like that's going to be the prediction for me. I don't know. I just don't see it happening. Uh, Last year against Arizona, Rodgers threw for 313 yards, 80%, and four touchdowns. Yeah, but that's in the air raid. So, I don't know. Do you think if at halftime, and the momentum's in state's favor, LSU will quit on Brian Kelly like they did in the Florida State game? No, Denny, I don't think that. I think LSU is in must-win mode, and they know what this game means to them. So, All right. Plenty to talk about on the podcast. Plenty to talk about on Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't miss a minute of it over these next couple days for Mississippi State and LSU. For Rhino, down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.